Welcome to Wednesday Comics. To my left, AP18 himself. Alex, how you doing? Hello, everybody. I'm doing well. To my right, G-Dub himself. Garrett, how you doing? Doing good. Wednesday Comics Podcast. My name is Marvin. Here again to tell you the comics coming out the week for the week of uh, March 21st through uh, <clears throat> 22nd. Uh, the first day of spring. Uh, spring is here. Spring awakening. Alex, what what else is another name for spring? <clears throat> Who cares? It's still winter. Guess what? Until summer gets here, doesn't spring it, is the it second winter. It doesn't have it's a, fake spring. It doesn't have a name like the winter solstice or something like that. Uh, I know vernal equinox is for fall. I can't remember what the spring one is. No. Oh, okay. Well, uh, once again, if you listen to this uh, or subscribe to the show, you might have noticed uh, last week no episode. Uh, finally got that COVID bug, and uh, pretty saw pretty sure I saw heaven and hell. Um, and I probably saw Mars too. I traveled, uh, through fever dreams and, uh, here I am today and I'm not going to lie. Like I, they could have been better fever, fever dreams. Like I was never once a superhero. I had nothing, nothing really cool to do. Um, I think in one of them, I went to the mall. <laughs> you really got to think it when like your brain puts you in those situations like, uh, that maybe you need a different brain. Like this one, uh, give up Brent on this one. Like, why would you give those me those uh, such boring scenarios? Like, if Alex has a um, fever dream, he's probably turns into a turtle. Well, Marvin, when was the last time you went to the mall? I don't even know. See, like, there nothing... that's your body saying, "Hey, it's time to go to the mall." <laughs> yeah, like to nothing. go see what? Nothing. Yeah, there's nothing there anymore. Box lunch is there. I'm gonna go for one Game store. Stop. Spencer's Hot Topic. You know, the one thing with GameStop, and I don't mean to shun them too much, their claims when you call them, says, hey, we are number one for finding games. I guarantee you, I barely find games there. Alex would know. If I'm going to believe they, anybody, it's Alex on this. They've thinned up their, their selections so much, it blows my mind. Yeah, they did. So that's one thing I noticed. Like, they have tons of, like, pop figures and toys, and they got rid of a lot of games. Like, the thing... They used to be good was they used to have a good stock of used games and uh they kinda get rid of a lot of that. I think yeah. it's because most of it went digital in people but there's still people who buy physical. I mean, Alex buys physical. I bought physical I bought Metroid Primary Master just last week from that. I guess so. not, I guess not enough to sustain uh that it being your only product, but I figured, you know, there's probably other routes you can take besides like Alex is saying, if they became like a huge like for used used games and like classic games, like that's a big thing right now is, you know, the retro gaming. Like, and they actually yeah, went like, out and actually know, seek them. Then they would know like that way. Like DK Oldies, have you guys been seeing that on TikTok? Yeah, I know. I li- I like watching. Oh, them. I love watching them. It's so fun. Alex doesn't even know. First off, he didn't know what website that was, and also second, you said uh, you ever seen them on uh, TikTok? He doesn't know what that is. It's a grandfather clock. It's a grandfather clock. So Donkey Kong, probably. Uh, TikTok, like you said, grandfather clock. So uh, I'll start looking at clocks. It probably, this, this website that Alex uh, Garrett is referring to, Alex, is would probably be your number one. You would be his number one customer if you knew about it. Yeah, you should go check it out, Al. I mean, for how much you like the retro. He basically, I, at least in each video... Seems like it doesn't matter what fucking game people are looking for, he's got it. Oh, I'm sure he does. And that's, I mean, when I go to Benson's and stuff, they've got a, a video game group who comes in and they've got a shitload of stuff. 
But the only thing with being a retro game collector now, it's all fucking expensive too. Yeah, I was it gonna is. say yeah, that's true. Yeah, the price. But uh, one thing, Alex, you showed us recently your uh, game collection. I didn't realize that you were getting so many different types. Like I saw Genesis, right, and like everything. Hey, what, what's? Let me ask you this: As uh, somebody who uh, collected comics. Uh, still collects, you know, specific, more specific as you went along, and now are you also into the retro gaming collection? Uh, and also, you did figures before too. Uh, what's the like with comics? You kind of start with like, hey, I like, I want to get the ones that I, the characters that I like, and same thing with figures. But with games, like, do you go by series or are you looking for like really hard find stuff? What what's the what's the catalyst there? Uh, so my collection that I've made, I have, I'm missing one, like, honestly, it's a whole group of things I do. I have, even, I don't know where you guys got, or if I had ever said it out loud to you that I don't like RPGs. I super enjoy RPGs. I no, love you, you, you hardcore said it when we were talking about Elden Ring like a year ago, you're like, ah, I just don't like RPGs. I, I can hear it clear as day when me and Marvin were talking about Elden Ring. Which blows my mind. I don't care for uh, software. I don't care for the developer of that game. Anyway, I uh, like Zelda, Metroid. Uh, I'm trying to get all the Turtles games that have ever been made, at least for the, ser- the systems that I have. Um, I get into open world games. Superhero games are always big for me. Honestly, a whole big shitload of everything. You know what? I, I didn't really realize until uh, like the aforementioned... Um... What's it called? DK? What is it called? DK? Oldies. DK Oldies. And then, like, the other retro gamers on TikTok. I didn't realize that, like, like in my head, Alex, if you went to find a Genesis, I'd be like, that shit's not going to work. Like, that's gone with nobody can ever play Genesis ever again. I didn't realize that these guys, like, open it up and replace parts that don't work with, obviously, parts. Like, it's just a fucking computer, basically. And then it works perfectly. And they, especially when they get, like, those Game Boy colors and they, like, replace the screens and shit. Yeah. It's just like... Damn, I didn't realize, like, because I would love... There's some games back then, Alex, like, that I'm really thinking of. was like, they never really re-released those kind of things. And so, here, here's what I was thinking about. Because my wife and my son have together been playing Lego Harry Potter, right? And uh, they have all of them. But I was thinking back, and I was like, I remember those old, like, PS2 games, like Chamber of Secrets and stuff. Those were pretty good. But oh, like, dude! I played all the Harry Potter games, but like, and but that one was fun. They're not available like digitally, so you would oh, actually no. have to buy a, a PS2, and that's kind of something I was like, ah, if that's uh, to me, that's like that's way harder than to find any comic in the world. I go find, you know, fucking Action Comics number one before I'm going to find a PS2 in the wild. But dude, <laughs> PS2, PS2 would be like fifty bucks, I bet. But I mean, I'm working. See, I don't trust that it's going to work. But I guess some we'll people get one from DK Oldies. Yeah, I guess they fix them up. Do you got a PS2, Alex? I had a PS2. I had the PS2 Slim, uh, and then I sold it back when I was selling things that I no longer wanted. And now, in hindsight, I'm like, oh, I should have kept that motherfucker. You idiot! I know. But you know the weird thing? I never grew up with the PS2. Like I became a PlayStation person after I got the PS3, and then I went forward with that. Same with I'm not an Xbox guy. Um, I have uh, 360, but that's because I liked Left 4 Dead. Uh, and Nintendo, I have, uh, I think, all but the Wii U for Nintendo systems. Oh, you have, uh, uh, I don't have the Super. Not, uh, what's it called? GameCube? I have the GameCube. I have the Wii. 
I have the Dude, 64. The guy on DK Oldies, he assembled the Mega uh, GameCube with all the attachments, so it even has the little tiny screen on top. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I'm like, wow, if only I had a million dollars back then, that would have been fun. The uh, reason I got into the PS2 is just like randomly one day, <clears throat> um, like after it first came out, probably a year, maybe a year and a half to two years i don't know <laughs> one to two years um after it came out that like i don't even remember what it was for i can't remember the reason why i got it but like it was forced it wasn't my birthday or anything like that my parents just got me a used one with a bunch of games and i was like this is the most unexpected present I ever got in my whole life and so like i would never was asking for one and they go hey do you want to have one and you know as a as a I guess I wasn't really that much of a kid, but as like a teenager, I don't gonna say no. So I got in and I got like Metagear two and um what else did I get with it at first? I forget what it was, but Metal Gear Two was like the very first game I played on that uh system and uh those are good games. So if you could go get back and get a PS two, I would go play those games. Well I guess but there's collections that came out with them afterwards, so Yeah, see I was a PlayStation child. So okay. Super Nintendo, got it. N64, got it. Jumped to PS2. Um, and then somehow, I mean, Xbox 360 came around and jumped ship there. And then uh, stayed on Xbox for a while until I met you two motherfuckers. And you kept talking about Last of Us and all these other things. And finally went back on the PlayStation. But the Halo years, guys. Oh, man, I yeah, want to no, go you, back. I agree. Like, there was a while where, like, you had to have... If you could afford it, you could get both of them. Or if you, it was really hard if you had one because there was games and elements you wanted to play. But like this generation, between those two, I don't even know if Xbox has put out a exclusive game in like a year or two years that you would um, want to go get that system. I mean, I, Halo, but again, that's probably not one that I would brag about. Is what I think it sounds the only like. thing that I would want that the Xbox had right now, it's called Tunic. And it's that Zelda-esque game where you're a little anapomorphic fox and nothing is explained to you until you find uh, parts of the in-game manual. Oh. That's one that I'm going to get. But they're, you know, obviously all down the line, either all games get put on PC or all games get bled into the other systems unless it is sincerely an exclusive game. Mm. Like Sony Enterprises when they make their own stuff. But... Nowadays, you almost don't have to choose a side. You just have to pick which one you want to get first and then wait until your game comes out. Now, that's fun. I mean, obviously, PlayStation does that way better. I mean, Spider-Man, you couldn't play. Yeah, any future Last of Us better. game. At least so. if, you, if you're going to have to make a choice. Like, if I was a kid right now, my, my parents were like, I was going to ask for one for Christmas. There's no way I would ask for an Xbox because as a kid, I would be like, what am I going to play? One game? Like, no, I want yeah. to. One that has all the games that people were talking about, and that's on PlayStation. So, welcome to Games or Us. That's our podcast. In uh, <laughs> we'll talk more about games another time. But uh, comic books are generally what we talk about. And this eh, week, fuck comic books. <laughs> this week we'll talk about some comics coming out uh, today and uh, excuse me, Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. Uh, as I said before, the opening of spring, call them spring comics. Uh, and then we'll talk about the next issue of Jill the Barbarian. And we're going to talk about Batman uh, Beyond the White Knight uh, issue eight, but just as a general, the whole series, since it is now over. 
Um, and then actually uh, talk about the possibilities or the uh, kind of where it kind of leaves itself and more about this um, universe. Um, we'll talk about that later. Uh, before we get there, though, comics coming out this week. Uh, I just want to say one thing. So I was um, kind of perusing on like old DC stuff and old Marvel stuff and <clears throat> kind of just like figure like, I don't know, just really kind of like you know, uh, navigating through it uh, uh, digitally through their subscription services. And I was kind of thinking, because every once in a while, like, if you run into a snag on the DC app, it shows a picture of Alfred and says, oh, sorry, something went wrong. Which, first off, that guy is not, he doesn't do technical. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. But he doesn't do technical oh, issues no. with the folks that Alfred. Like, you could pick a million, you could pick Cyborg and it would make more sense. Anyways, that's beyond the point. But it uses a picture of, of Alfred from the animated series. Oh. And it got me thinking. And then, like, in the Marvel app, it, it there once in a while, like, they kind of lean towards using the costumes that you're used to, like, that they would be on TV. And it got me kind of thinking, like, <clears throat> these are their comic output places. And even here, they are still, like, referencing or pandering to the more mainstream stuff than they are the comics. Like, why isn't that, like, a picture of Alfred from one of the comics and it got me thinking do you think that like there are obviously some people who get started especially before of the time of, of all the cartoons and stuff like that that got started on comics from actual comics but there certainly was a point in nowadays it's like can you get into the comics before you would see any other media about them i think everybody gets it now gets hooked on comics by seeing a different kind of media of that character now like a cartoon, a different like a different like maybe like a prose book you would have saw in the classics book set fair, or you know, or even the movies. And I don't think anybody nowadays just is like, you know what? My first introduction of Batman was I read a Batman issue. Well, I mean, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, for me, it was a kids' fair event where a Rainbow showed up at my school, and we're talking about comics. So, I mean. But yeah, yeah I but was that the that first time nowadays. that you saw anything Batman and Superman? No, no. I'm, I That's what I'm saying. You like, you're, like the gateway and the comics. No, no, your first introduction to these characters, like there's no way that it's comics anymore. I was thinking. Because that's what I'm saying. And these oh. things, they're showing other versions of them because they're like, oh, that's what they're familiar with. Mm-hmm. And so like there's no way these days that somebody's first introduction to any of these characters is through the comics. That's, yeah, I would agree. It just blew my mind because I've just never thought about that. Like, I don't know. In the age that I grew up, I mean, you and Marvin, or Marvin and I grew up in what the nineties. So in ninety two is when Batman animated series. I was going to say, me and you couldn't avoid those cartoons. Like, like growing up, especially if you're going to have parents like we had, Alex. And I'm, I'm making a very generalization, but I think <clears throat> both of our parents weren't like, "Hey, read these comics," and so we probably watched TV and cartoons. And for us, it X Men. Uh, there was Fantastic Four. Even there was Spider Man. There was Batman. Like that definitely was my introduction to those characters. Was those animated series? Well, so that was. I mean, that was your after school program. That was your Saturday mornings. That was even your weekday mornings nowadays. Um, so there's no way that I ever would have met the comic books beforehand. And those Batman I, movies were coming out during the '90s. There's no way, like, like obviously at some point. 
like we saw the comics and that's what got us to read the comics was that we're like, hey, I like that guy from that thing that I know. But like, I think, I guess the last time that probably would have happened <clears throat> was probably like the 70s. Cause even the 80s had a lot of like, you have the Batman movies coming out and stuff like that. I guess then it would still also be hit and miss. But like in the 60s, you had the Spider-Man cartoon. But in the 90s, like now, especially nowadays, I was thinking about my kids. They love these characters, but it's in any other medium of comics because they're not old enough to, to read comics yet. And there's no, so there's no way anybody like is reading comics as their first thing and be like, who's this Superman? It's just so weird because we generally as comic fans say, hey, keep it to the comics, keep it to the comics. But there's no way that anybody like without these other things gets introduced to these characters. So they got to, I guess, these days you know, expand. I mean, the nice thing is you're right. Batman, Turtle, Spider-Man, all those big names. Sure, those I met from TV. But I also now acknowledge the fact that I read a lot of, well, I used to read a lot of specific writers. And those writers have now lent me two characters that I never met on the TV show. So I would still admit comic books are still been my introduction to some characters. Mr. Miracle. That is true. Never- but <clears throat> I guess just to say, like, the DC and Marvel like flagship people. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Because like, yeah, obviously, Mr. Miracle, stuff like that. We don't. They're having, well, I, just, I mean, they're I, I do want to give. Cartoon, but. I do want to give benefit to comic books. They still <laughs> are bringing me in. No, I agree with that. But I'm just saying that we kind of got to think about when we trash them. Yeah. These little things that, hey, quit making movies. Quit making like stick to the comics. Like that's why are you taking focus away from the comics? Is like because nowadays, like. Otherwise, they would just die off. They you got you got to put something out there to get new people hooked on, at least interested in these characters to get them into the books. So, anyways, speaking of which, let's talk about some books going this week. Uh, <laughs> let's get down to the pulp. Um, shit, I had you guys. Oh, here we go. Superman number two. Uh, Joshua Williamson, uh, Jamal Campbell, Night of the Parasite. Ooh, fuck. What does he look? Oh, never mind. It's not on the cover here. Superman's overwhelmed that Parasite's new powers are unleashed. Can Superman stop all of Metropolis from being consumed by the power-hungry Parasite? Or will he need Lex Luthor's help to save the day? Introducing a new anti-hero, Marilyn Moonlight, Moonlight, with the spirit of Metropolis, who only operates at night. Is she friend or foe to the Man of Steel, and how does she connect to Metropolis's secret past? Garrett Helsa. Parasite look in, in this book because my favorite uh, look of Parasite is from All-Star Superman. Uh, I mean, he looks very similar, like a hulking mass that uh, wants to eat you. Um, so I'd say it's very similar. Um, but anyway, I mean, this new run of Superman, it's got it's got some excitement behind it. You know, Josh Williamson, great writer. Um Lots of storylines going on, kind of a refresher for Clark Kent, uh, Superman. You know, he's fighting Metallo. Um, Lex is behind a lot uh, from prison. There's other heroes that are coming to the forefront. And we're kind of getting back to that uh, pre-Rebirth, or sorry, pre-New 52, like Superman family. Yeah. Where it's a big extended family, kind of like the Flash family. And it's a lot of fun getting some more characters uh, thrown in. And they recently did a big retcon where now nobody knows who he is. Right. No one knows who he is. So anything Bendis ruined is the only thing that Bendis left that is still ruined is John being like 20 years old now. Yeah. 
<clears throat> Which is, so, I mean, I, I, go ahead. random question. Yeah. Is there anything beneficial from Bendis taking the helm of Superman at all? Um, uh, candidly, no. I mean, I know what is it? There's... Is it cool that he's mature? Sure, but they're telling stories in the Superman book, anyways, on when he's younger. He... Well, I just, <laughs> when Bendis stepped in, it was Man of Steel. And that's when we learned the word cockapoo-poo. Yep. Um, then the, was it Action or Superman that he was on? Which one was it? Uh, he was on both for a while there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I don't remember getting either of them. So obviously, and I know Garrett, you stuck with them. Um, and all yeah, I've heard too. now since he left Especially... and other people have taken the helm has been how great the book has stepped up. And maybe that's the thing. It had to be shit for everyone else to know there are good writers out there. Right. <laughs> I think Alex, uh, I could tell you something that creatively or uh, spiritually within Garrett, you're not going to find any benefit to Bendis taking over. But I do believe they those books were always like the number one sellers of the, whenever they came out. So it sold some numbers. It did initially, but like it's still, I don't know. It felt very disjointed. I, he, I mean, he did about he, that Man of Steel. Yeah, he did eventually turn everybody against him fan wise from those books. But I do believe that. Like, if I was at DC, like, and you asked me, do I regret putting Bendis in the book? I would have said no. Because, like, you don't have a big star coming over, big star writer of that caliber come in and say, I want to write Superman and tell him no. Especially if he's jumping ship from Marvel to DC. Um, but I you, get the move, but you're coming off one of the best Superman runs of all time. I, know, I, I agree with you 100%. And I, I, I also agree that, that the age jump was a huge mistake. Um, and I agree that I like that a lot of the changes are going to go away. I'm just saying, you know, like if I'm thinking from DC, DC's perspective, you know, go for the money. On that yeah, one no, for sure. Because you can always change it back as they always do. I mean, the nice thing with that big, that big change, that big move is the fact that you may have brought Marvel people over, Yeah, but then it would also leave a bad taste in everyone's mouth. If you think that's how Superman should have been written. You got me and Alex to buy man of steel. So, I mean, that's true. I well, still have six issues, and it was a bit fast. I mean, yeah, I mean. Then also so, they got us to draft Superman because it wasn't the story that we liked anymore. Well, think about when we went into Defenders before he jumped ship, though. We were thinking, oh, this is going to be the Defenders of yesteryear from Bendis, and it still was shit. That was Marquez. That was one of, and it might be because that was like the last thing that he did before he left. Maybe he just wasn't into it anymore, but that is horrible, that Defenders book. Yeah. So he went from that to coming over to D- to Superman and just like shitting all over the and you place. Know, and you know they just forced him to write that book because they're like, hey, Netflix is coming out with that series. We need a Defenders book. And he's like, ah, shit, I'm going to write it because nobody can write Jessica Jones without my permission. Mm-hmm. Right. And and uh, and then that came out. Kakapupu. Which mm-hmm. which is the one thing I'm now noticing as I go to order my books two months in advance. I can see what movies are coming out and be like, hey. That's why they're putting out the Ant Man, or that's that's what I'm saying. They're always going for that, like they're always pandering to those things, and why not? Because that's who they're they're trying to get new readers. And I don't know, and I think we've talked about this before, how you get anybody who doesn't like those characters from a different medium. Like if if I'm just some person, like I don't understand. Like let's say somebody who is religiously a reader, a prose reader, and and like knows of those, like can recognize those characters maybe, but they're not really super familiar with it. 
there's no, I don't really understand how you would ever get that person to read comics. It has to be these days, at least, uh, introduced through a different medium. And I think that is a perfect example. Like we like we make fun of it every time we read do the previews. Well, I was like, hey, this book is coming out, obviously, because you know, something else is coming out that's related to it. Like nobody's putting out a Morbius book, and yet it came out mm-hmm. around that movie came out. And I bet it was. I bet the book was better than the movie. That I mean, that's gonna be a hard, uh, hard thing to pass. That movie's free for me to watch right now, and I still haven't watched it because uh, I know I was I thinking just, the same thing. I just couldn't take that torture. I don't feel like like there's there's multiple things we'll do for you, uh, our fans out there, and watch the horrible movies. I'm willing to watch Punisher with Dolph Lagern. And I'm ready. We watch Warzone. I'm willing to watch Batman and Robin again. <clears throat> I'm willing to watch any movie. There is no way. I don't think I would ever suggest we watch Morbius. I I would much rather go see the pacifist and animal lover of Craven the Animal Hunter. At least that is an interesting character. <laughs> but I like, that, that's one I will go see, and I know John Runyon. Shout out to a couple of. He wants to be on the podcast when we talk about that episode because he wants to see if I hate it or not, and I'm guessing I will. Um, I can I can predetermine you're not going to like it. I will. <clears throat> there is one thing I'm interested in, Alex. The actor who's playing Craven's son, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, in Bullet Train, he was really good. So that's what I've heard. I've heard he's incredible in that. He's really good in that movie. He's probably for me at least. I feel like he was the highlight of that movie, and I was like, "This is the guy who's in that movie." And I guess that they just like call him Craven's son because of how young he is. But they could have just said it in the past. What the hell? Anyways, but if they just call him Craven's son, but otherwise he's he's just Craven the whole time, and they just did that to make his age make sense. And then I think he'll do fine. That, but yeah. if they lean into hey, he's actually his son, and uh, then it's going to be worse. <laughs> it's going to be the worst thing you ever watched. Not worse than Morbius, I guarantee you. You know what? Speaking of Aaron Taylor Johnson, <laughs> uh, Netflix just added uh, Kick Ass 2, and I just watched it a couple nights ago. I'm like, God, I love that fucking movie. That's Jim Carrey, right? Sidebar. Yeah, Jim Carrey. Like, yeah, that's a dog on your balls. Wasn't there a third movie that came out? Uh, nope, no, 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 but there was a that spinoff series, Kick Ass. Yeah. <laughs> but there oh, was also sorry. Uh, we were talking about the comic. No, I was talking about the movies, but Hit Girl was the yeah, the spinoff. I didn't really like the Hit Girl comic, anyways. Wait, uh, what? Oh, the, the Hit Girl comic, yeah, yeah. yes, I, I and think. they made a volume three of Kick Ass, yeah. Too. But the uh, Hit Girl is what I was thinking about the mm. series. I thought for some reason I thought they made a movie, but no, but the comic series, I remember not liking that, but. Mm. Um, yeah, that's Mark Miller. That's another story. Batman, one bad day. Raza Ghoul number one. Why won't Batman save the world? For centuries, Raz Rise uh, has wanted to save the Earth from the worst of man, humankind. Excuse me. And for centuries, he has failed. Recently, his greatest obstacle has been the Dark Knight Detective Batman. Rache offered Batman a chance to be part of his Jew World Order, but Batman refused. For years, their Cold War has raged, but Rish will have no more. We'll remove Batman from the equation and save the world. Anyways, Tom Taylor, Ivan Rice. Uh, I feel like that's a good pairing. Danny Makey on colors, also Brad Anderson. And like, uh, so I was like, I'm in. And so 
um, we read that Joker one a few weeks back. Yeah, last yeah, a couple weeks ago. Huh? Riddler. Riddler. What did I say? Joker. Joker. Oh. The Riddler one uh, two weeks ago for the show or three weeks. I don't remember. Uh, anyways, I remember that was fantastic. So I've been giving these more of a chance. So I'm going to check out this one and see how it is. <laughs> well, that's good because this is the last one. So <laughs> come May, they're putting out a hardcover eight book set to come out for $80. So. Do you think it would be bad to like rip out the Colin, uh, our Jackson Kelly <laughs> was, and Colin Lansing? Hey, Garrett, pages? I was going to say when I was going back and like reading some older comics and I was reading these one day ones, when I saw that one, I was like, God, no. Like, the concept is good with Clayface, but do you read it? But then again, I don't have the same I idea. did. I'm, it wasn't that bad. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I'm, I'm trusting you that these people aren't good writers because I don't think I've ever written, I ever read anything that they've written. I'm giving give I'll give him a little credit on the Clayface one. It was pretty entertaining, but it takes two people to write dialogue. I mean, come on. Uh, Dead Romans, uh, Fred Kennedy and Nick Marandovich, miniseries premiere, uh, Artemis, Arminis, a Germanic prince raised in Rome, has sworn vengeance against the empire that butchered his people. He wants to make a queen of the woman he loves, Andorra, a fellow slave. Now 50,000 Romans will die to give her a throne she never asked for or wanted. Uh, lush, beautiful illustrations bring the life of brutal tale of love and war at the birth of the Roman Empire, and uh, I am looking at the preview, and that is pretty beautiful art. Alex, what do you think? I so and I, it was a struggle to decide whether or not I wanted to get this book or not because it's only six issues long. But I've also come to the realization that a mini series can be just as fruitful as reading a hundred issues of a book. So you know what? Let's give it a go. If I don't like it, I don't have to get issue two. I'm with, I'm with him. The art is incredible. And like I saw this and I was like, that's fun. Like I don't think I've seen a book that takes place during like the Roman era. So I always think of the every time I think of those kind of old time books, I always think of the uh, I was called three and it was Sparta's. They were in Sparta. And it was very good. The Spartan three issue run. Uh bloody and gory. It was it was a nice little little read. And that was like ten years ago. So this could be just as good. There we go. Um, comics coming out for this week, and I guess maybe like if I gave, like if I if I gave, no, because I think if I gave a comic to even like a nephew or something like that, they've already seen the show, uh, cartoons or something like that. So you can't even get them in at that age. I'm gonna find somebody. I'm, you know what I'm gonna do at next next person I know that has a kid. As soon as that thing pops out of the womb, I'm gonna hand out a comic. Jeez. Get it all wet. Gross. Well, I'm okay with that. Alex, meanwhile, <laughs> is might find me and hunt me down just for doing that. A crime against humanity, he'll say. He will say that. Uh, this comic's coming out for this week. Brought to you by RainbowComicsAndCards.com. RainbowComicsAndCards.com is the website where you can go and find comics anytime online or physical locations in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Lincoln, Nebraska. Go to Rainbow. Comicsandcards.com. Alex, what about this? You know, spring is here. Uh, we just got over uh, late last week. We had another snowstorm again. I'm sure Al- Al- Garrett's over there, you know, and, and actually you were in Mexico that last. No, that was still two weeks. Anyway. Anyways, uh, but I'm sure it was warmer than it was here in Wisconsin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The snow had already melted. So. 
So what, what's going to happen here, Alex? Are we done with the shit? No, we're not. I mean, come on. We're still in March. We still have April to get through. And even a couple of years ago, probably about nine years ago, we had an ice storm in May. So guess what? You're not out of the weather until it hits July. And by then, we're complaining about the heat. Well, um, yeah, not only that, you guys have to worry about the flooding from the, you know, 10 feet of snow that's going to melt all over the place. I, I am impressed to see how much is melting per day, though. Like today was 42 degrees. It didn't feel that way, but it was warm enough to melt a lot of snow. It was. It made a you're right, Alex. I wanted to comment on that. I, I because usually, like the first forty day, forty forty to like forty five, I'll say days, you're like out there, no code, you know, and you're like, hey, shit, this is, feels warm, and you're like, God, what does this feel warm? But I know in the summer, if this day happened, it feel cold. But today was forty two, and it felt cold. It was it was a damp, chilly weather out there today. It is because of that snow cover. I tell you what, though, Garrett, I don't think we're gonna have much flooding. Because we had severe droughts before this all happened, so I I don't think the ten feet of snow cares if you had a drought. I mean, you know, I, I was going to tell you guys tomorrow is the first day that I will be going to the shop in person in probably about a month. Wow! Well, part of it's just due to the shitty weather. It always be on a Wednesday or a Thursday. It's like I'm not going to go. You're right. Driving this, I just want to go home. There was like three. And, Weeks in a row where that's when it was shitty was Wednesdays. Mother Nature said, you know what? I'm going to make it hard for people to get into comics. Today's the day I shit on you. So tomorrow I'll get like six books. All turtles. And uh, I'm on vacation this week, everybody. So guess what? Papa Alex is going to be reading some books tomorrow. TMNT. Anytime. Online. Rainbow. Comicsandcards.com. Uh, Gary, we have a book club. Wednesday Comics, League of Extraordinary Gentle People, proudly presents Joe the Barbarian. Holy shit, I forgot the issue number. I think five. I think it's five. five. Yeah. yeah, issue five. Duh. Knew it the whole time. Um, yeah, another book that's pretty much 95% all in Joe's head. We only get a little bit. I was going to say. The because real world this time. Where I said the last time we were issue four, it was like. He's basically downstairs. What else you got to do besides him getting to the fridge? It's like one room over. And so in this issue, we saw him go down like one step and move, and uh, get attacked by a dog. So it was very, very much in his head, that this issue. Yeah, and it feels like, you know, the stakes in that same kind of way, it takes a lot more to get a little bit further. Um, I thought of you, Marvin, though, in this issue uh, – Kind of looks like Jack the Mouse sacrifices himself, and I didn't, I couldn't tell if you were going to be happy that he was gone or like if you were going to be like. I was well, kind of upset. Yeah, because I was. I mean, you know, you don't want. He's growing. Is Jack growing on? Well, you? I mean, you don't wish anyone to go that way. You know, dog in the mouth biting you in half. That's no way anybody's going to go. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. And so, uh, yeah. even this guy who, like I said, I. At the beginning, I was like, hey, I like this guy. He just kind of, you know, stuck around too long, I felt like. Uh, I don't think he deserves getting cut in half. Plus, I think in the battle of dog versus rat, or he's just a big mouse. I think he's a rat. Um, you root for the the small guy. And I just, so I kind of felt bad about it that he got... Well, you can't know. say under a dog, I guess. but Mainly because it's like, rat. obviously we're going from the fantasy world so like that person 
when he was getting attacked by that, I guess, dog-like creature and got, like, the acid on him and stuff like that. Like, that guy, I didn't care <laughs> for some reason. I was yeah. just like, yeah, whatever. But, like, to think about it, in real life, the dog is just attacking his pet rat, and the rat's not really, like, the, like wild, so it's, like, domesticated, and that made me feel bad. Yeah. I'm thinking about that, but... I wonder how the dog got in the house. Door was open. Yeah, door, door was open. Why was the door open? Did he I, leave it open? I don't know. Does mom leave it open? Well, look, it's, Do they live in a bad neighborhood? They should of, be locking that door. Speaking of mom, very interesting uh, interaction between the two in this issue uh, that we think happens in real life, but the way that the mother responds doesn't seem like it would be in real life. So it's kind of that one was kind of blurring the lines. I don't know if we were thinking if he was imagining he had a phone. And we're like, who's to say that what's happening in real life is in hallucinations also? Right. It's leaking into both areas. For all we know, this kid's never got out of bed. So. Yeah. I mean, he's just in a coma. Oh, in the hospital. I like it. Uh, I thought that actually this was probably the first issue I enjoyed the most. It felt the most straightforward um, where they did do a good job of balancing the fantasy world and what we imagined to be the real world, uh, showing you what was going on and why it made sense. I liked it. Uh, also, it's been about 15 days since I read it. So I was going to say for the same reason, Alex. I think I liked it too. I think because because it's like 95% of one world, you can actually continue forward with the, with the story versus getting interrupted. And I think where my kind of patience was being tested was that I was like, Obviously, there's an end point in real life when he reaches. Either he doesn't get to or he gets to something to raise his blood sugar. But, like, I don't kind of need to see him walking down the stairs to understand that. Like, when he's walking down something in his fantasy that looks like stairs, I can kind of insinuate. And then maybe cut to one scene of him doing that rather than all the time. So that was my annoyance was just, like... Obviously, like you could have cut all that shit out there of this, and this could have been way shorter. But if you are going to show me just a fantasy world where like all this stuff is going on, and you're going to show me it with Sean Murphy art, I bet it being early Sean Murphy, but it's still, I feel like it's good. Um, so, but if you're just going to show me that, like I can enjoy that for what it is. I was going to get mad at it for a little bit, but then I was like, yeah, but I guess if you're doing this well, I can't complain that, like, hey, your main your story should just be over like obviously it's not something to say that like the things that hallucination are happening from a beginning to an end because of like it's obviously like him walking throughout the house so it's not to say like that there's a obviously a plan for that one obviously he's running away from the what was it the death king dead king Something like that. And he's supposed to be like the savior and kill that guy. So like that could end at any time. And that one, so that one, I don't know where the ending is. Right. And then in the reality, I know where the ending is. So I did like that. We sat in that world more because I was like, your brain can make seconds or minutes feel way longer. And so maybe he'll hallucinate a whole day in that world and move down one step. So anyways, I thought it would, yeah, for what it is, (laughs) it's good. This issue, but oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that, uh, yeah, I completely agree. I think, I think it's the most cohesive. Um, and I, I compare this book in my mind to like how I feel about paper girls 
where if you try to pay attention to the continuity, it's going to really mess you up. But if you focus on the characters, it's way more enjoyable. So I found myself focusing more on the characters and their story as opposed to the plot, because obviously the plot is a hot mess. Um, but that's what Grant wants. So that's what I was thinking going into this. But I did like the wrinkle about the mom, because it's giving some more anger. Uh, more questions to like the reality part of it, so I think that right. would have been nice. I will and say, he, and seeing those pictures of like his dad on the wall, that was also really touching. Like how how emotional connected he is to his father, and like what his mom and him have to deal with with him being gone. Pretty intense. Wait. Oh yes. Okay. If you remember back to issue one, he was getting picked on for like they were at the cemetery. No, I remember. It's just that. Um... No, I'm thinking of <laughs> the Beyond the White Knight because of Terry's dad dying. Holy shit! So anyway, never mind. Yes, would you say? Good segue, which is is a good segue, and I was actually going to bring this up too. Like the only thing that I feel kind of, I don't know, like right now that we like, this is the first one where I like the art. And I kind of write it back to back with issues six, seven, and eight of uh, White Knight, Beyond the White Knight, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this Sean Murphy is way better." Like you can see, obviously, he's not like bad in the early stuff, but it's just not what makes the other one good. You know what I mean? Like it just mm-hmm. you can see the little steps he's getting there, but there's not enough for me to be like, because I thought maybe us giving praise to Sean Murphy kind of put him on a pedestal. So when I went back to read this Joe one, I was just like, eh, maybe like, I don't know. Maybe I just in my head conflated that he released this great artist. Like, this is good. I like the style and I like how it's presented, but it's kind of more basic and not really. But then when we, you had us, we we're going to talk about coming up here now, Batman beyond the white Knight uh, by Sean Murphy. And, um, Dave Stewart on colors. When I see this, I'm like, no, no, this Sean Murphy has turned into a master like this. I'm not complaining how good he is. He just wasn't as good back then. Obviously he was younger and that was one of his first works versus as this fucking book. And we say this every single time with these white knight books, Sean Murphy is the best person to draw a Batman book that you want to get a Batman that uses all the gadgets, all the vehicles. Like this book looks amazing. Uh, this issue eight was perfection. I mean, cover to cover. I loved every single panel and page more so than and this might be a hot take more so than the first volume and the second volume. Like I read this and this took me back to being a kid watching Batman uh, from a movie I rented at the library for the first time. I mean, pure excitement and so many storylines. Obviously, you guys know the big one. I'm going to jump right ahead to it. Mm-hmm. Fucking yeah. Superman coming to the White Knight universe. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that I not only bought the regular cover, but I bought the Superman variant cover because I had to have it. Um, Is it Sean Murphy? Sean, yeah, that- Sean Murphy oh, art. Okay. Yeah, okay. It's, that, it's that cover they show at the end of the book. I would say um, I would say I might agree with you that this is one's better than the second one, but the first one I think. Here, oh, here's what I'll say: the art in this one I feel like is is better than the first two series, 
but the writing in that first series was stronger than it is in this one. And it's not even to say that this one doesn't have good writing, but there's so many moments in that first volume that That's I can true. still remember that I think on the writing stance, it, it is stronger. Uh, this one felt like, if I'm going to see, like, kind of call the movies, like, the first one felt like a Batman, like, let's have a gritty Batman beat the shit out of you. Like, he has, even though he, we're going to show some cool fucking, you know, gadgets and vehicles, like, that was a very kind of, like, down-to-basics Batman. And then the second one, I felt like, was trying to be, like, this thriller, like a heat kind of, like, this, even though it was Azrael, which, to me, is not a character that really super excites me to read about, but I feel like, it was good, but uh, um, but anyways, that felt like okay. It's whenever they make a sequel, it's the first one with meat on it, right? This one feels like the blockbuster. This one feels like he was like, okay, we're just gonna fucking go all out on this one. Like this is the one where it's not about Batman just being you know, because you have the comic relief character of Jack, you have Batman, you have the whole concept of like the the chip in his head and that's why you, he sees Jack and you, and like you have basically every kind of Robin and Batman in this one and you see all their variations and you get history on the old Robins and stuff like that. And then you get the kind of also they threw it. This one's fan. This one is like Sean Murphy in this one. And I think he wrote the character of Jack in this one to be his inner fanboy and be like, because this was him being like, Let's do all this cool shit in this one. Like I yeah. like the next one's coming up obviously is like gonna be a different take on Superman and so we can I'm not sure even sure what to expect. But this one definitely felt like if I'm gonna put a stamp on like this White Knight trilogy, I gotta go out with the biggest way possible. And so I'm gonna put every fucking thing I like about Batman in this issue in this series. And this issue specifically, he was just like, nah. Because, like, all the talk about, like, the original Batmobile, and he's this thing still runs, and Batman's like, ah, oh, it's the best one. And he's like, really? <clears throat> and then you have Jack, who you're like, ah, Tumblr's the best one. Like, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you feel like that would make this book worse, but it doesn't. And because you can feel how much Sean Murphy loves Batman shit. And I think it, it really, for this one, like, as somebody who's read all these kind of series leading up to this, even the uh, like Victor Free stuff and and the obviously Harley Quinn and all that stuff that we read in between, but when you get to this point, it feels very earned to have a book with this kind of tone. I mean, Alex, what did you think, man? So I would still say number one is has set the tone for number one volume one set the tone for how this book could be. Number two had the most heartfelt moment when we lost Commissioner Gordon. They all have their merits. Three, honestly, yes, Blockbuster had done uh, everything you could have wanted from a Batman book and left you wanting more. And knowing that come May we get uh, the Generations book, not obviously written necessarily by Sean Murphy. He probably did the scripting for it. Uh, this is a universe that I hope never ends, that we always get to have some sort of white knight. And if that bleeds into Superman, Green Lantern, Flash, everybody else, I'm okay with that. This book has no hold barred. It tells you what he wants to tell you 
and everything has a reason. And as the one thing I think I enjoyed the most about this book is how methodical it was all put together, knowing that down the line, what has happened will always happen and will stay done. You know, with Commissioner Gordon being dead, spoilers from two years ago, he will stay dead. But I also think, like, because they just, they just started this uh, series, and maybe I just forgot, but and probably I did forget, but when they said Commissioner Gordon at the beginning, I was like, wait, I thought he died. And then it turns out that it's Barbara. And so uh, I do agree, Alex. Like, this this series is, like, obviously Sean, like, knows how he wants, to, how real and how f- uh, exaggerated he wants to make this universe. Like, it's it's not 100% real, and it's also not 100% crazy and just out there and let's throw away the rules. But it has this nice kind of sweet line that it rides that I know what to expect so that if something crazy were to happen that that's not earned, I would be like, what the fuck? Like, this isn't this kind of book. But, like, but when something does happen that is amazing and, like, super fan servicey and, like, very exaggerated, when something like that happens in this book, it feels very earned because of the rules he set up. And I think maybe that's kind of what makes this work is that even though like uh in this this uh series specifically this third one here and then this last issue the amount of crazy shit like for it to be the bat plane and then jump and then the fucking back turns around to be the car again like that is fucking absurd if i saw that in batman or robin the movie i would have been like this fucking stupid but (laughs) because of his rules of what like what you can expect that when people fucking die they're gonna die when you know there's gonna be some stuff in here that it maybe not might like Bruce, Bruce look the the best. It's not the same Bruce that you know. It's my Bruce. Like all those rules that he sets up and and like make it be like okay, this is okay because I know Commissioner Gordon's not coming back. You know what I mean? Like it lets you buy into it because you've already proved to me that this is a real world. And in that fucking world, that Batmobile turns from a boat to a car and half of it fucking turns around in the air. Um, that's the shit I'm talking about. We're talking about blockbuster, like that kind of shit. And I think you guys both know, and I think me and Alex might be leaning on the same one. When they do that kind of hokey shit, I'm almost like, all right, like I don't, I don't like that kind of stuff. Like normally, and I would call a book off for that. But if you, if you earned that enough to like, you could earn that enough to do that 50 more times before I say something. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think that's the whole thing with this whole series, all all volumes included. He has set the standard so high that I will forgive all the normal things I would normally dislike. But the book is gold, even with the kookiness. Uh, and not to put him on the pedestal that we already have, but he is such a phenomenal writer. He is a phenomenal artist. There probably is no one else who I think puts out a book that is as strong doing both parts of it, excluding the coloration, coloring, which is from Dave Stewart, which is phenomenal. And we don't give him enough credit. He does a phenomenal job on this book, makes the colors pop. Uh, this book as a series is a 10 out of 10. Agreed. I'll say, a, and go ahead. Did, uh, my, my comment to you both, does this not get you to want to watch fucking Batman Beyond at this point? I have thought about getting onto HBO and watching some. I never got into that show, and I don't know if it was the fact that it wasn't my Batman, but... It is your Batman, though. Your Batman retired and handed the cowl to somebody else and said, hey, I'll guide you. 
And that's and I think after even seeing this and how how inviting Bruce is to this, he goes, We all are Batman. I wear the cowl, but you are my family. You all fight for what I fight for. Um he makes he makes this book, not Bruce. Uh Sean makes this book so family oriented. It is amazing. And how the patriarch of this family just wants you to live your life. Fight with me if you will, but we're in this together as a family. We do this as a family. You know what? This could be Fast Five right here. <laughs> Did you guys get chills when uh, Bruce put on the cowl at the uh, like before the last fight? I was like, oh, that's perfect. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't get chills. Well, there were, there were you're no heartless. chills. Well, I was just gonna say, I, think I got more chills when he scratches off the paint. Oh, that, his, I thought that was cool. That was cool. That but was see, cool. that's the thing, though. Like, it can make. That's what I'm saying about this fucking book. And like, I think I feel like the the excitement over at DC. Like, this isn't a book that I hear many people talk about. But like, obviously, people at DC, like, obviously, they're still making more of it. Obviously, he could do whatever the fuck he wants at this point. Like, they're basically going to let him do the rest of the DC universe in this kind of world. Uh, and that what makes like. Because you know, like he will push things to make this a black label book, and make it so like that it everything has, as Alex calls it, stakes. And but it is going to be cool enough that like he never would push the line too far. He definitely is pushing like, like obviously if I started seeing fucking bat dogs and shit, this guy now he's going too far. You know, I don't need this to be Tokyo Ghost. Um, <laughs> but. I think that DC trusts him to be like, no, he's going to be telling a good Batman story. And you know what, dude? Like, this is a goldmine for them. Like, this is a, they can make animated, the animated movies. Like, if they did a Batman the White Knights, the anime would come out. Like, this is probably like the freshest Batman shit that they've done in years. And this is like, if I were to try to get somebody into Batman these days, I would show them this book more so than I would show them uh, the regular series, even though there are good runs there. There's nothing for me to be like, get one, then get two, then get three, then get Harley Quinn and get all the shit because it, it, nothing's going to miss here. Nothing's going to miss. And I, I see, you see DC, obviously now that there's Superman and Diana Prince and uh, um, uh, John Stewart, like obviously DC, we've at some point had a discussion with them. It was like, yeah, do more, whatever you want to do. Like we're going to be selling this book forever. God, it's so fucking good. And I, I like, did your brother have his read any of this? Uh, I know he read the first volume. I don't know about the uh, hashtag guess uh, one stuff. needs to read this stuff. Like he, this is there's no book made more for Alex, Garrett, Marvin, and Corey than this fucking book. Like, Agreed. There is everything for everyone. And it, but when you see the other stuff that maybe you're not super into, it doesn't even ruin what you like about comics for yourself. You can find it like it has everything. It's so amazing to me the line that he can walk in this thing. <coughs> like this is that's what I'm saying. When it's, it sounds like hyperbole, and it sounds uh, excuse me, it sounds like uh, yeah, nope, hyperbole, and it sounds like um, uh. It sounds like I'm conflating that this this Sean Murphy it basically I'm talking to him like the guy's a comic god right now, and you know what I'm saying that the growth that he's had from Joe the Barbarian to this series, one two three all the side shit, especially even when he like co-writes something on this stuff, but like 
I don't think I've ever seen uh, these days. There's not many people like Sean Murphy that could pull this off. I can't think of one person who I'd be like, they probably could do it too. No. I would, I would, I would give one counter who could maybe run up against him, and that's Joel Jones. But I, but Joel Jones could not put but out. It would take forty years for for eight issues to come out. I don't think she could tell the line with the cool though. Like I feel like I love Catwoman, and I thought it was a very well done book, and I like the tone of it. But like Sean's love for the the bat. Mobile and also his love for the character in the in the psyche of Bruce Wayne are both at the same level that this book can be introspective and also have it so that like once again a fucking car cuts I can't I can't even like if I told this to anybody if I said you know what if I told like a casual fan I mean I'd be like Batman in this series his Batmobile is a is a boat and then it comes out and the back half just flips around and also it's a car. They'd be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And I'd be like, "It's the coolest shit you ever seen in your life." <laughs> like this, that's what this is. It's fucking cool. This, I, there's nothing more that is is serious when it needs to be serious. It's funny when it needs to be funny. It's beautiful when it needs to be beautiful and touching. And then you have cool shit like this. Like it just, I would say that with the completion of this, these three series are probably the best trilogy of comics you can read. Like, because usually, you know, the next one, uh, second one, usually not as good, and the third one, you're not as good. But, I like, we, as you were saying, Garrett, like, you think this one's the best one, and I said I think one's the best one, and two has a lot of good moments, as as Alex was stating. Um, you can make a case for any three of these being the best ones. And that's well, an amazing that, thing to I mean, do. They're all three one long series from itself. So... Like you're Pick arguing, is just, I mean, it's it is perfection in comic form. You're literally arguing a nine point eight, nine point nine, and ten, and you just pick the order. That's what you're doing. Like, if you have to, and then you may also be a person that's like, you know what, all tens, overall. But, um, yeah, I just I don't know. I I he, that it makes me want to basically spend SuperCon this year with buy a bunch of issue ones of this and just be like, hey read this and give it to people mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's so fucking good and you just want to share it that's you need all of a sudden it's good and you're like i need more people to be aware this is the thing and that's what this is well that's what we've talked about for half an hour so it's it's that's, so that's, good and i don't amazing. know who, i don't know who brought it up i think it may have been a garrett so we should read it it's the best, best suggestion you ever made in your whole life hey Thanks, man. Because I would have never been like you were due, Garrett. You were due. You don't mean mm-hmm. Garrett. Like took I was, my took my whole life. But obviously, I'm obviously, I was reading the series, and when you brought it up as as one of your top five last year, and you basically I was like, you know what? It's my number five too. I had a different one, but that is gonna be my number five. Even with all that shit, for some reason, I had not read six, seven, or eight, and I guarantee you, I would have read those for another year if you didn't bring that up. But. I'm glad you did. So I'm only like what a week, two weeks out uh, from the when the last issue came out, and so uh, it's been month, a bit, but yeah, yeah, maybe a month. Uh, where I'm like, I gotta go back and see. Is anybody talking about this? I gotta go back <laughs> and you know search the internet and maybe listen to some podcasts. See anybody else talking about this book because it's crazy to me that this something like intermediate can come out that this this fucking good, and then not more people know about it. God, it's amazing. Thank you, Sean Murphy. 
I'm if, if the man. If, if I ever meet him, I'm telling him this whole thing again. So he's going to strap him uh, down. I might have a chance next weekend. He's going to be at C2E2. Oh, Garrett. You got all his books signed. I know, but that's the thing is my collection's in Sioux Falls, and I don't have any of my books. But I do have uh, – I might have all the issues of Beyond the White Knight with me. Go to a local comic shop and just get the traits and have him sign it. Uh, at least, Or at least the go, first one. Go to the local comic book store and just pick up all those issues again. Or buy at least one. That. Buy but like one of them. You got to have him fucking draw something. Uh, I am having him sign uh, Tokyo Ghost for sure. So I do want to say this too, just because he's a friend of the show, um, a pal, or our uh, savior, Mister uh, Phil Hester. Um, just because I want, I I want to see this guy involved in more shit that I like. Uh, if Sean is doing a, a three issue mini, and he, you know, he always gets a guest artist for those. If Phil came on board to one of them, I wouldn't complain. So, Phil, I don't, I, know, who you, I don't know who you got to talk to. We get it done. Phil was doing the commission of Hellboy a couple days ago, uh, and it looked phenomenal. And I asked him on Twitter. I said, "I'm hoping this is a suggestion." Should suggestion. That you're gonna start doing a Hellboy run? He goes, "No, this is just a commission, uh, but that would be cool." I'm hoping he eventually does one because his Hellboy looked phenomenal. Alex, exquisite even. Did yeah. I say fucking Hellboy? I said a White Knight spinoff. <laughs> Motherfucker, you said Phil Hester, so I'm throwing <laughs> in Hellboy. There you go. Uh, speaking of the end of things, Last of Us, the season finale. We'll talk about it briefly um, here. We since we talked about the rest of them, the rest of the season. I'll say this about this finale. I felt like it was good, but it really didn't change anything from the game. So, like, I don't know if I expected to see something new. So I was a little disappointed there wasn't really anything new. It was basically exactly that last chapter of the game. The only thing we got that was new was that we got to meet Ellie's mom. Yeah, that oh, was Oh, yes. New. Well, yeah, besides that. I guess, yeah, you're right. You're right. And that was a I good mean, scene. That was a good scene. Ashley cool. Johnson brought Ellie into the world in the show, and then she made her who she is in the game. Um, the, my only biggest complaint is the complaint we've had all season, whole series, is where is the infected? For a for a world breaking infection, there sure aren't a lot of them. And I get that's uh-huh. not the whole point of the show, not the whole point of the game. It's how people survive and how people treat each other in this world. And how do you find a glimpse of light when all there is is darkness? But oh, damn, it's like out of a trailer, man. But I do need to see some more infected, especially well, season two. Yeah, and they said I, I did see an article. They said there will be more infected, but I'm like, you teased, you know, you showed us the bloater. I'm like, can't give us just one bloater kill because you know we got to get ready for the Rat King. <laughs> and if you're telling me that someone in this show is going from running away from a bloater to taking on the Rat King, I don't believe it. Yeah, but then <laughs> neither of these people take on the Rat King. Yeah, true. Uh, but thank God for the fucking giraffes, man. I was having, like, I was like, did I, is this happening? Like, this has got to happen. Oh, the giraffes. I just, I just don't see this this. Sh- that's, what, that's why. Without the giraffes. That's game. why I messaged you, being like, "Did you watch it yet?" 
because uh, you saw the drafts right yeah. away. <laughs> well, I feel like it's such a pivotal thing, and then like Easter eggs going forward, and then the next parts and stuff. Like that giraffe scene is huge. So I'm glad they did that. And I that, thought they did justice. They did to address it. that in the podcast, and they did. I believe one of them did state exactly what you just said. They said that scene is pretty huge, so it had to be in there. Yeah. So that made my heart happy. But yeah, it was a really short episode, and like yeah, 45 minutes. I what I will say, and I watched it again uh, just two nights ago because I was like, well, we're gonna talk about it on the show, so I better rewatch it. I felt. It was how the show has been so far. It's been taking risks and like adding new elements. So for this one to play it so safe, to be so video game accurate, I think it was a little disappointing for that aspect. I'm like, you're giving us this medium uh, to tell, to like expand on the story, but then literally you just give us the story. And like, we know that that ending is great. But we've seen it before. Yeah. There was nothing like you did differently besides the Anna introduction. But the one thing is, you got to remember, this isn't just written for us as game players who love yeah. the game. It's for people who who haven't played it. So for us, yeah. it's Easter eggs. It's a little boring. We've seen it two or three times, depending on if you played the game. I feel like that's unless the you're Alex and you played the game four times a year. I played it five times in the year. Get off my back is one time. <laughs> I I so you can't do that on Xbox. Um, but <laughs> I I will say to Alex's point, I did feel a bit disconnected for that very reason because as you stated, Garrett, like it, it played very safe and there was nothing new. But to Alex's point, I did see a lot of people going crazy about that last episode about Joel doing that and, and saving it and then lying to her. And but for me, I was like, you know, shit, that's the whole point of the first game. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It, it is weird to see people reacting to it for the first time uh, in kind of like, Oh, I wonder what's going to happen next. And, you know, I was also thinking, like, if you were to be somebody who didn't play the first game and you watched this first series, would you be the kind of person to be like, well, I got to play the games and see what happens now? Or do you just wait? I feel like there's it's going to be so much time. Like, I'm proud of Hashtag Guest Host One. He's like, man, people are going nuts over this last of a show. I better play the video game first. And I was like, that's exactly what you should do. Play the video game. Watch the show. Hmm. I don't know. Like for me, this is one of those things where it's having having played the game first, and to have all the infected, to have that expectation. Watching. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I would actually rather not. If you're going to watch the show, just watch the show. I was going to say if there was anything for me too, it's exactly that too. Like I, I was kind of like, oh, there's no like. I guess there was an infected in the flashbacks in the beginning, which is like all you really can give us. At this point, but I did feel like if we never got that episode four, I think it was when the ground opened up, like I would have been like, damn, we're still only affected because like they all put them all in that one episode. Like that episode is has tons of them. They're basically where the whole seasons were in that one episode. So I hope next year, next year, next season that they kind of, it's a little bit more messy with infected just for that. Just cause I don't know. It's cool. So. Well, it is, and like the episode with Tess, it's you know it made it seem like they had such a huge presence in this world, and then it was like I mean, that's why they front loaded it so much that one. we were like there was that was episode two, I think, and then we had that four, mm-hmm. so they kind of front loaded it so much. Then the back half was like, where the fuck are they? <laughs> right, we're just dealing with cannibals. They're so like, shit. ah, shit, sorry, we spent all the budget on the first two episodes or the first uh, second and fourth episodes. So. Yeah, the CGI clicker on the top of that roof screaming. Oh yeah, that was in the first one. Yeah, you're right. 
So <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, again, it was so short. Yeah. Love the show. I thought Bella Ramsey did a great job portraying that. And yeah. Pedro and they Pascal, did announce she they did announce she's still gonna be Ellie even then when she's older. Yeah. So, yeah. I can see it. I mean, obviously they waited gonna... and obviously they waited to say that news because we were like, Are they gonna? They haven't said anything yet. Like but obviously they wait on that news so people who as Alex was saying who haven't played the game aren't like yeah, she's playing her next season. I'm like, okay, I guess she'll just fucking die. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I see. I, I was like, oh yeah, that was another reminder for me to be like, oh yeah, I don't know that they don't know this yet. So um, I, had, I had one hope from this whole episode for the fact that in the game you get that the tunnel area where you have to go underneath the tunnel for however mm-hmm. long, and you run into like two bloaters, couple clickers. In one spot, but that's not the only spot. You run into other clickers, other stalkers, other runners, all these other things. That is the other scene that I wish they would have had and had it filled with infected. They never would have had to fight anything. But just to know and to build that tension, that is still one of the scariest parts in that game. When you have to walk by that clicker. So you get on that ledge, you have to walk by the clicker, sneaking by, hoping that you don't spook it and then everything else comes to kill you. I never felt that tension in the show where there was ever just a sneaking by something. Everything always had to die. Yeah, it wasn't. And also, I don't feel like. Um, wasn't that scary? The game's scary. I feel like there's jump scares and shit in the game, but. Uh, that's fine, too. I also like in the game, uh, Alex. Uh, Pastrello. What, were you, what was yeah. it? <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to say. In the game, also, I felt like. Um, like the clickers and stuff like that, like served a big thing. It was a bigger point in the game. And I felt like Ellie could, something happen, could happen to her in the show. I never felt like she was at risk besides the one, I guess the one episode, and even then when she was fighting that fighting, uh, what's his name? Paul. Um, <laughs> Davis. <laughs> Paul. <laughs> what was his name? David. David. David yeah. And David Paul, you know, uh, when he, she's fighting David, even then I was like, oh, I, I don't even. I think I don't even. If I was somebody who hadn't played the game, I would be like, "Oh, I think she might die in this scene." You know what I mean? And so she was more at risk in that one. So I felt like Joe really was a protector, um, and I haven't really felt like the as you were stating, uh, Garrett. Like I don't know. I don't really don't feel like when we cut to the Ellie that really is this badass and killing people. Like and I thought she was like that in the first game too. So yeah, I, that's the only thing about not, that's the only thing you lose by losing those effects and stuff like that is you don't really get the sense of how fucking much of killers these two are. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess he killed a couple. I mean, obviously the last episode, Joel killing all those people. You obviously see this man's a killer, but Ellie I was, I was going to be, I was nervous just because of how lacking in like violence there was in this show that they were going to show like three people getting shot, you know, besides the, yeah. the hospital staff. And I was like, well, you guys did blow me away that you actually did the normal, almost a normal amount of like the people from like the game. But also, like I feel like they kind of played him up like he was fucking Rambo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true too. But they maybe had too many people come. Like if we were taking like uh, six or seven, I would have been like, oh okay. But I feel like they threw like a hundred people at this fucking dude, and he was like, Aya, Aya. well, hey, man, he was holding back the whole time. I so. know. Only has to use those guns if they're needed. Shit, I believe that man passed out. That was a lie. Uh, 
Um, uh, did you, well, Marvin probably knows cause he listens to the podcast, but Alex, one of those, uh, orderlies in the, uh, hospital room was Laura Bailey, who does the voice of Abby in the second game. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's oh, cool. that's what I was going to say. The thing I expected him to change and that we didn't get was that the writers and I know Neil obviously is part of the show too, but the benefit that the show has over the game is that we know what happens in part two. Uh, with that scene, with one of those individuals being somebody's dad, and I thought they would reference that in some way, and they didn't. And they and they made sure to really cover up his face too, so they could just put any yeah. fucker. As and he, that. he died like quickly. Obviously, he does quickly in the game too. But I wish that he would have like if he just would be like, no, I have it. Don't I have a daughter? And he killed them. I think I would have been like, oh shit! Like that's a hint for everybody else, and everybody else wouldn't have thought of anything. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. And then when she shows up, obviously. But that's a cool thing about and what I like about the second game is that connection. I really like that because it reminds me of when Kill Bell came out and where uh, when Quentin would also be like, yeah, there's going to be a third one where he, where the, the daughter comes back and tries to kill the bride. Like, for some reason, for me, that's, that's like a cool way to make a sequel. And um, mm-hmm. revenge. Which we're never going to see that now. Like, revenge for the first game. What are you talking about? Well. Quentin says his last movie is oh, going to be this. Oh, Kill Bill. This... I, thought, I was thought you meant Last of Us. Oh, no, no. Uh, yeah, we're not going to see that. That's just, you know. But I'm saying, like, I like when somebody's actions in the first one caused the second one. Rather than just yeah. being like, shit, it fucking happened again. You know? so uh, It's basically the whole John Wick saga. <laughs> that's Sorry. a good example, yes. See, that's a good example. When they do in Die Hard, even though Alex, I know one of our favorite series... But you just got to believe this guy has shitty days over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) I guess the first one does cause the third one. Kind of. Spoilers, Uh but. To be fair, he's he's caused a lot of shit by just being a police officer. We just never see those days. We just see the really, really expensive, uh, mean days. Yeah. In a building, in an airport, all over New York. As much Uh... in D.C. as the uh, fourth one. Yep, fan of the fat. Yep, fan of the fat. More of a Star Wars fan. And then uh, Good Day to Die Hard. With uh, Boomerang, the Russian. Captain Boomerang. Is that him in hey, the movie? But we got, we got that, yeah, uh, it is him. We got that cool uh, John and his kids uh, walking scene that lasted like five minutes. I still, I still stand behind. They should have made that sixth one that Marvin and I wrote. Yeah. Well, can't, can't anymore, Bruce Willis. Uh, I do want to bring it up, but Alex, bring up the sixth one. I guess he did sell his digital rights, so we could see we could see him still, maybe. Uh, yeah. Old habits die hard. That's a, that's the shitty thing about that is you can't go back and be like, hey, that's void because obviously now we know that he is like in late stages of dementia. So when he sold his digital rights, was he in the right frame of mind? He took advantage of a poor old man, a man who had shitty days over and over again. So, uh, once comics.com is the website, that was all on our list to talk about, right? That's yeah. it. Okay. Wednesday comics.com. God damn it. It's in my foot. Uh, Wednesday comics.com, uh, go there, subscribe to the show. Any way you like it, Spotify, Apple podcast, Google podcast, um, Spotify, uh, since they do help us host this show, I would say go there first, probably. Um, uh, and uh, no longer Anchor, 
even though Anchor used to be Spotify had their podcasting arm used to be called Anchor. Get it? Um, and so like everything was Anchor.com and all this stuff. No more. They decided finally now that it's Spotify for podcasting. So we are officially hosted by Spotify. Well, and, look at that roundabout. And uh, and so if if you go to the website, WednesdayComics.com, it'll redirect you to the Spotify website for our page and make sure to subscribe that way. All right? That was a big labyrinth. I know it's confusing. I don't know what's more confusing, that or uh, Joel the Barbarian figuring out where he is, but. Uh, go to rainbowcomicsandcards.com and roots of the swamp thing.com. Roots of the swamp thing.com. It may be down actually because I saw on Instagram if you follow him on there, roots of the swamp thing, uh, that he's having a little hosting issues and uh, doesn't want to sign a contract with that company for some reasons. I think they uh, they screwed him over. And so the website might be down for right now. If it is, go to Instagram and then he'll let you know when it's back up. He's uh, fighting the good fight over there. And uh, as, as fans of the fat. And fans of the green, we stand behind Mr. John Moreland over there. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, he did put up a nice story, too, recently about, speaking of Phil Esther, about how Phil <clears throat> came over to when he was, when our, our friend John Moreland, the Guinness Book World Record uh, Swamp Thing memorabilia holder, when Phil was the person that Guinness said you're an expert in this and he had to verify all of his items to be like, yep, these are Swamp Thing items so that he could get that record. Um, he write, he wrote a little story about when Phil was over there and it's a good story. Go check that out. It's on his Instagram, roots of the Swamp Thing.com. I'm going to tease it. I was going to say it and then realized, you know, plug. There you go. Uh, make sure to call 605-215-1849. You could be like hashtag guess one who wasn't with us tonight. Um, Little little boy blue uh, got a little tired, I think. Um, or is he on a date? Which one? I'm gonna say he got tired. Little boy blue went to bed. A little boy blue slept with some Z's in his head. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting a big thing. Oh, Twitter Wednesday Comics that fine. Follow us on Twitter at Wednesday Comics at Grot twenty one eighty eight and at the AP Keaton. Good show. We had some, like I said, uh, I know uh, if you want, if you think it's a, a little too much, you can skip ahead in that White Knight review because I think it exploded during that. So, <laughs> um, but I think a lot of good stuff, even though, even like the things that uh, the Joe, I think we found some good in that stuff. So, the only thing I think we didn't find good in is, uh, you know, what are you going to do with an Xbox these days? You know, prop open a door. <laughs> Wow. Nah, you go back and you play uh Halo two. I will say the Game Pass has some nice games on them. So if you want if you're like a person that like if you buy that cheaper version and then go back and play the older games, that I could see somebody doing and that I would not make fun of you for. But if you're like, you know what? I'm a man who likes new games. I'm gonna get this system and I'm gonna look and play all the games you can't play on them. If you're one of those people when you get this Xbox, take it off off your entertainment center. Try pick this motherfucker out your window. <laughs> That's cute. God, if I get a hate comment because of that, I my life will be made. Uh, <laughs> I kind of miss doing this. You know that week was a nice reset, and maybe we should think about doing kind of breaks in the future because it was like I was like I got to talk about something comics. 
Uh, and I think we had some good discussion on this show, especially if, once again, once the next person I know who's pregnant, once that baby kind of peeks out even a little bit, I'm handing him this comic. So <laughs> it's probably going to be Superman number one, you know, George Perez. Uh, you motherfucker. But it, we're probably going to give that to the kid right away, Alex, you know, so that way he can wipe himself up first. That's you know, right. Get that shit gel off of him, and then I'll give him a nice copy of Batman number one by Scott Snyder. So there you go, baby. <laughs> baby read this tonight when you're, before you go to bed it's a little fucking hands grab it he's gives me the thumbs up god damn I love that kid <laughs> I love that gives me, all, gives me a fucking wink next time I see him he has glasses on and it matches his mouth matches Malone he's a fan he even knows that kind of character reference god damn that kid that kid grew up and became Brian Michael Bennis though so <laughs> Kakapoo in his butt. Jeez. <laughs> For what's that comics? My name is Marvin. I'm Alex. <clears throat> I'm Garrett. Hey everyone, enjoy the springtime and keep turning those pages. <laughs>